0: This episode is brought to you by Gods Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so just enjoy the show, you little shits. Cable Access Channel 666 is proud to present the Joy of Summoning.
1: Well, hello there. My name is Vardanthulus the Unclean. I am an initiate of the seventh ring of untold suffering, and I'd like to share with you my love of summoning demonic hosts upon the earth to torment and vex those who would subdue us. If you're following along at home, today we'll be using ram's blood, chalk made from the ashes of a loved one, and a thrice-defiled rusty blade of Judas. There will be other materials but there'll be time to gather them later. Now, it's important to remember, as we enter our tainted domain, we must check all four cardinal directions for any residue of previous summonings or demons who feel that they could gain favor with the father of lies by tormenting you further. (laughs) Well, that ain't gonna work, is it? Now, take your ram's blood and dip your thrastifiled blade in there you're going to want just a little bit of blood right at the tip, just like that. Now start to etch your exterior border of malfeasance. That's going to provide a bulwark against any other tormented spirits moving through this plane. There we go. Just little tiny scrapes, little tiny scrapes. The bloodline must be contiguous Or a possessing entity can move through that gap and use your body as a flesh weapon against the living. If you find that the bulwark line is becoming weak, just re dip the blade. See, there we go. I like to use a little extra ram's blood. Don't tell anybody. Now that our exterior circle is finished, take your chalk made from the ashes of a loved one, and using crisp, strong lines, mark out your pentacle. Make sure the primary tip is focused south, and from there, just draw it how you feel it. This is a time for you to be creative. I made mine a little swirly. Now that we have all the framework done, let's summon a demon. Placing the thrice-defiled blade that we used earlier across the palm of your left hand, in one brisk moment, slice your hand open. Now... Jam that piece of chalk right into the gash, which should be bleeding freely now. Now offer praise to our feculent master, making sure that all the blood falls in the center of the pentacle. Now, smear it around with your foot a little. Using your toe, just dab it out to the corners, just like this. I'm getting a really good coating here. Oh, that's lovely. That's really coming together. Now, using whatever material you like... Now it's time to enter the sigil of the demon of your choice. I'll be using the bile of a fornicator. Don't ask me how I got it. That's Vardanthus' little secret. Now that the sigil's done, I shall place my bleeding hand upon it and draw forth from the begrimed oblivion, an unholy entity, to do my bidding. Ahem. <clears throat> <coughs> There he is. Why dost thou summon me, mortal? Well, hello there, demon. I name myself Vardanthus and hereby confine you to this circle of binding. Your will is now mine, and all that I say shall be as a command unto your unholy ears. And with that, everyone, the demon is now bound to my will and shall do only that which I commanded. Isn't that right? Demon, name yourself. Oh, he likes to struggle, don't he? Demon, I command thee to name thyself or you shall feel the corrupted touch of the thrice-defiled blade. And I don't think you'd enjoy that at all, would you? <sighs> Mortal, it seems,
0: thou hast me by mine infernal balls, as it were. <laughs> My name... Is heir to. What wouldst thou
1: have of me? Well, heir to, in the name of the master of shadows, I command you to pick up that palette over there and paint a beautiful mountain landscape on that canvas. The entire time, you'll tell these people exactly how you're doing it. So be it.
0: The pact is sealed. Dost thou have any pandemonium yellow?
1: Well, of course I do, you silly bear. <laughs> Let's leave my thrall of the dam to complete his task, and I'll see all of you next week Well, I'll show you how to extract the bile from a fornicator as well as how to subjugate a third-order handmaiden of Lilith, as always in accordance with dark prophecy. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next week. Hail Satan.
2: I also have a scary
1: laugh. <laughs>
0: My homunculus laugh. <lab. laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Welcome everybody. to week two of Blurry Photos!
2: That's the scariest sound I have. Hi, everybody.
0: I'm David Flora. And I'm Dave Stacko. And we are your infernal hosts. Yeah.
2: We have you have summoned us for to do
0: your bidding. <laughs> now try and control us assholes! <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, we can't we can't be controlled. Not even nope. with chalk made from the ashes of your dead relatives.
2: <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah. Summoning chalk is hard to get a hold of. Summoning chalk. Wow. I just made that up. I I, I like that it. The real, th- oh, yeah, it sounds like a real thing, right?
0: Sure, I'm sure it is. I uh, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody is enjoying the beautiful fall weather. Yes. Hope you're uh, still strapped in for a month of uh, very fun episodes. Little little light on the uh, scientific debunkery. What? A little heavy on the crazy, creepy, spooky yep. fun times.
2: Yeah, dude, Blurry Photo Brain about like teaching you. Sh- it's about it's about making you shit your britches. Shit. <laughs> it's the shit it's about much. to never shit out of a shit calendar. <laughs> a bit, a bit you better look out. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to sound a little drunk, but you better watch out. <laughs> but still cool. But still cool. And this this week, this is oh, we have man. been talking about this for a while. And it's funny because as we record this, uh this is just before we head off to the Milwaukee Paracon. That's right. And I feel like this episode has its roots in our last visit to the Milwaukee Paracon. We definitely put it on the on the list yeah. then, right? Cuz we spoke to we spoke to a woman for gosh, at least an hour or so about uh demon possession and demons in general. And when we did the possession episode, we you know, obviously we looked at, you know, demons and just decided it was too big to help put into one episode. So this is, this is, this is fun. This is not, not quite like our, uh, uh, alien taxonomy, but, but it's right. more in that direction. Demonology. Sound good.
0: Demonology. I'll tell you this. I I've saved my opinions, uh, uh, for the podcast, for the actual recording. Cause Dave and I've been uh, talking here for an hour or so already, mostly, but uh, mostly bitching about Skype. Yeah, man. But, uh, this episode defeated me. <laughs> I, I was not uh, bulletproof on this. Each episode, I, I like to go through, I like to read the research, watch videos, listen to podcasts, things like that, and try to summarize all the information as concisely as I can with, you know, some things will uh, inevitably leave out. Some things probably don't get their due, but we still try and include them. This one, man, this was the the cake that ate the baby.
2: Yeah. You cuz here's the thing about it is that it you feel like that this is like okay, well, you know, you got angels, you got demons. It's pretty straightforward stuff, but it is not. No. And, and so much of it is uh like gen, not not the colloquial but like, genuine apocrypha. Um right. and it is, you know, there's there's very few direct like informational references in the Bible, aside from identifying something as a demon. Yeah, you know, like there's, there's, you you hit a lot of road bumps that, on one hand, like at least to me, I was like, oh well, yeah, I, I guess I kind of knew that, but still is unexpected. You're yep. like, oh, I thought this would be a little bit more linear than it is.
0: Nope. Yeah. It no, is. Uh... No. <laughs> Yeah, nah. It's
1: as circular as an outer binding
0: wall, <laughs> a bulwark against the no, unclean. That's right. I uh, I think of it as kind of a really crazy, uh, disgusting tree. Like you you start going up the trunk of it, and everything's hunky dory, but then something branches off, and then something branches off from that, and you keep going, and there's just branches, branches, branches that just keep going, and it's hard to have a. Uh, linear, just a history of, of demons that even makes sense and still gets enough information out for it to make sense and we'll, as we go through the research here I... you'll see the point that broke me <laughs> I, I can't wait I, I actually wrote it in and Annie was like, are you okay? like I was sitting there yesterday I, I had been working on it for hours and hours and finally I just started being like <sighs> <sighs> And like huffing and puffing, and she's like, What's wrong with you? And I'm like, It's just research. I'm still in the Middle East. <laughs> I've been doing this for hours, and I can't get out of out of Mesopotamia because there's just there's so much to it. Every culture has demons. Literally. <laughs> not, not, not just figuratively. Not stuff in their past they're trying to deal with. Every culture has demons and It was my hope to try and boil it all down to something that is very informational from start to finish. You you get a nice summary of each culture, like we try to do, or at least you know big cultures. And I I couldn't do it. Like you can you can spend so much time on just one culture that um, I gave up at one point. So we'll see. We'll see that when we get there. Um, We're gonna in the meantime. Try to do the best we can, and still have some fun with this because that's that's the name of the game. It's it's demonology. I mean, yeah. come on, man! You can't not try and have fun with this, especially when we get to uh, some of the the actual demons that that have been put forth as existing. <laughs> so let me get to uh, let let me do the overview, and then we'll we'll keep plugging away and trying to to sink this Titanic. How's that sound? Yeah. So demons are a pervasive entity in the pools of the unexplained and mythology of which we like to swim. Uh, certainly, like I said, just about every religion and culture has its own form of supernatural entities that are inherently malevolent and seek to subvert humanity. We've discussed demons in many different forms throughout our four years of exploring the unexplained. From jinn and fallen angels to shadow people and possessions, but we've never turned the spotlight directly on them. Until now. The subject of demonology, or the study and classification of demons, including their names, powers, and derivations, is a fruitful topic. Therefore, our classic caveat applies, in that we're going to give the cursoriest of glances at it, trying to give a brief but informational summarization of all things demonic with our show notes pointing you toward additional resources if you'd like to know more, Starship Trooper. (laughs) So expect us to leave your favorite demon out. Yeah. Just get that out of the way right now. This is a moratorium on emails that say, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't include Abraxas in there. I can't believe you, you didn't say anything about Hindu uh, culture and demons that are prevalent. In... Just let us try and do the best we can. <laughs> and we, you know what? We might visit some more of this in the future. We might uh, do an extra sode about this. There's just too much not to... Uh, cover with this you know yeah so what we're going to do is go over what a demon is in uh, a few different cultures their histories and mythologies until i got burned out (laughs) (laughs) we're going to spend some time with the supposed mother of demons lilith she's also the mother of uh all lady acoustic traveling concerts oh yeah and go through some different demons and what they hold dominion over so grab that plus five holy amulet of protection. We might be inviting some ill fortune to this dinner of the damned. Any words before we where you get going, Dave?
2: Oh man, no. <laughs> we are like you're, you. You covered it. Like we're going. To, we're gonna we're like an octopus that plays the drums. We're gonna lash out in as many directions as we can. But there will be hi hats and tom toms untouched. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Probably a splash symbol that gets no play. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm sorry. We're gonna do our best, but oh man, I'm I'm looking up here literally. So when we record, I keep tabs up. You know, like in I got two monitors here, and one of them makes sure that I'm actually recording. And I've got 29 tabs open God. for of just stuff here, and
0: it's just insane. That is a, a lot, yeah. Even even for us, but yeah, I I juggled tabs when i was going through the research and i I tried to find i don't know if you did this but i I tried to go to as many non-religious uh um, sources as i could because i feel like there's a real agenda when you when you find a religious source on demons and and demonology but um it's it's very hard to do and there's no shortage of information and videos about it, which makes the research that much harder, because that's just uh, sifting through the, the dirt to find the gold flecks at that point. So let us begin with demons throughout the ages, and let us start with what a demon is and the etymology and all that. The term demon is derived from the Greek word daimon, which means a supernatural being or spirit, sometimes a minor deity, uh, and before that, to distribute. Initially, it meant a god entity that gave out destinies to people, is what I found. And and this is another thing that, there's a lot of information on it, so some of the stuff says one thing, and some of the stuff says another thing. You know what I mean? It Yep. There are a couple of different paths to take in this, but... Uh, I think the true meaning is in there somewhere. And and I'm not trying to get in touch with my southern roots when I pronounce that. It is literally a diphthong in the word daemon, not daemon. <laughs> I are y'all saying them daemons.
2: Y'all y'all looking out. Y'all looking out for them.
0: <laughs> Although I'm sure I shouldn't even attempt a Greek pronunciation of it. Why why even try, Dave? Though it has commonly been associated with an evil or malevolent spirit, the term originally meant a spiritual being that influenced a person's character. An Agathos daemon, for example, which is a uh, good spirit, was a benevolent entity. Socrates. Socrates. Socrates, for example, spoke of his daemon as a spirit that inspired him to seek and speak the truth. It was like a little John Leguizamo on, on, on right. his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah. You, 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 <laughs> you, 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 Did I get, get you too, too deep on that cut? I guess it was a deep cut. Deep cut. Today, the terms eudemonic and demonic are used for something conducive to happiness or wickedness, respectively. The term gradually was applied to the lesser spirits of the supernatural realm who exerted pressures on men to perform actions that were not conducive to their well-being. One possible explanation for the change of meaning from positive to negative is something that we have come across a number of times, the influence of Christianity. If daemon meant pagan god or some kind of uh, a spirit that is not of the Christian faith, then it had to be given a negative meaning, uh, a synonym to devil.
2: Now, the demon, as it is used these days, as you already know, most certainly negative. Yeah. Uh, a malevolent entity. Um, and i you you could make the you could argue that it's a christian concept at least in the western world although there are uh you know plenty of other examples in in other cultures um you have an angel you have a demon you got the good team the bad team you got the sharks you got the jets
0: right and then you've got officer crumpy just <laughs> trying to mess it all up
2: gee officer crumpy <laughs> uh, are we are we just all officer crumpiess just everybody's kidding? just <laughs>
0: Caught in the crossfire
2: That's right uh, Demons are from the pits of hell Agents of the devil And they delight in
1: tormenting humans
2: Named <laughs> Um In occultism, a demon is a spiritual entity That can be conjured and controlled Yeah, that's, that's the Saturday morning cartoon version of it That's the yeah. As easy as a thing gets boiled down Gloriously oversimplified For yeah. your benefit um, different cultures may view them as good or evil, though, depending on what those cultures value, how their belief system works out, um, which is why, you know, like, Flora, you're talking about, like, there's the, the eudaemonic and cacodemonic
0: uh-huh. difference.
2: I think uh, some people consider that everything you could summon. Were you to summon something? Yeah. All demons are here to destroy you versus some people think, no, it's like a power source. You summon a demon and it's, it's what you do with that demon or, right. or what the demon wants to do. I don't know.
0: Or they're just uh, around, and, and they're minding their own business, and if you get in the way, they're assholes, and if you help them out, they're good to you. Yeah.
2: Right. Which is which falls pretty well in line with all of folklore, you know, put out some milk for the demon. Right. Uh, but, but, I mean, the, the point that, I, that I'm making is, like, the, the concept of the demon itself has been around since the get. Um, as long as anyone has written anything down, someone's written down something about a demon. Yep. Uh, Which I think, how far are we going back here, Flora?
0: Um, I think we should go back all the way. Oh, shit. He really means it this time,
2: folks. I can't stop him. (laughs) Flora, Flora, no. We're going to get in a whole
0: Mesopotamia. (laughs) That was a good one. That was a really good one. Yeah, let's let's go back to the, let's begin at the beginning. Belief in evil spirits was widespread in Mesopotamia, and it was thought that bad spirits swarmed everywhere, though they skulked around graves and ruins and remote places. They were responsible for all manner of badness, including disease, disasters, fighting, negative emotions, probably the, uh, the NL wildcard race.: Yep, engine trouble. <laughs> the 2016. Actually, just the 2016. Everything that has happened in the year 2016 directly correlates.
2: <laughs> what a donkey with. of a year. Isn't it? <laughs> except, except for I, I moved to Iowa and you got married. So I guess, you know, we're, 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 trying, to, we're trying
0: to bring up the average at the end. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's well, weights and balances. Weights and balances. Yep. Is that a term? Oh, well. It was thought they would enter homes at night via cracks and holes in order to torture the inhabitants. I've got some uh, examples Later, and I should point out because I'm, I'm about to set this up, but there's a ton of stuff about Mesopotamian demons, demons that are uh, were in Sumer, uh, Babylon, Assyria, that those that region, and I've got a lot of uh, examples, including from our uh, friends uh, the Zoroastrians. We're, we're going to uh, put those in when we start just talking about uh, the demons themselves instead of. You know the concept and stuff, which we're going over. I, but I, this is where I started to get really bogged down in the details. Moving on from Mesopotamia to Judaism, Shadim is Hebrew for demon. It's also a really, really good do-up song. Shadim,
1: shadim, ba
0: ba Yeah, shadim, yeah. So from what I read, Shadim is Hebrew for demon, uh, and this appears in Psalm and Deuteronomy. But scholars debate their significance and even their existence. Uh, and and this is, I mean, it's hard to uh, discuss it uh, too in depth when we have a limited amount of time to uh, summarize it too. Uh, yeah, and that time just reading. gets
2: shorter because I've got some really great fart jokes coming up. So, you know, oh. they're going to take a while. It's really going to yeah. take a while. Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> having well, said all that. Having said all that, there could be... According to some scholars, benevolent Shadim. These were used in Kabbalistic ceremonies. And there could be malevolent ones. Think of our good buddy, the Dybbuk. Yep, the Dybbuk,
2: like the Dybbuk box that I'm mentioning.
0: Right. The unmentionable. On our podcast. Yeah. We've almost forgotten that you're not allowed to talk about it,
1: but you are. Uh,
0: well, I think we got past it. I think I, as as yeah. one listener told me, I put my big boy pants on. <laughs> Ah, wow, shamed you down, huh? So uh, this that was considered by some, probably most, uh, to be a demon, that being the Dybbuk. Now, there's a lot of demon discussion in Hebrew literature and uh, history, folklore, mysticism, and this is the point that I got burned out. <laughs> as far as you went. This is, this is what I wrote last night at like four in the morning. There's so much information that I feel like I'm doing a disservice to try and summarize it. Each instance of demons in these cultures could be an episode in itself. And and you know, depending on how far we get towards the bottom of the barrel in a few years, maybe there will be <laughs> well, it's it's a good thing if we ever want to have a guest on who maybe is a demonologist or knows, you know, more about True. this than
2: or we could have a demon
0: on as a guest. We could just summon a demon.
2: Yeah. Why 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 with the why f- with the middleman?
0: Uh the reason would probably be because the system would crash and then we'd lose all uh, that, that's
2: true. They are no. not, um, yeah, not the most friendly people in the whole wide world. I don't yeah. know what else would possibly arrive.
0: Uh, so forgive me, but I'm going to start start skipping a lot of info just so we can get to more stuff, or we will literally be stuck in Middle Eastern mythology for multiple episodes. Mm-hmm. And this is not to say I'm I'm not fascinated by it. I love talking about all this stuff, but you'll see the all the stuff that I did for Mesopotamian demons. Later, if I had done that for each culture, we'd never get through it. So let's skip ahead to demonologists throughout the ages. Yeah, that's a good idea. Who are who are the Van Helsing's in this scenario? There, there are quite a few apparently, and um, Lord knows where they got their credentials from. But <laughs> according to Michael Sellis around uh, the the middle of the uh, 11th century CE. Uh, the turn of the millennium. Probably. I'm not sure exactly when he wrote this, but maybe around ten, ten fifty, ten sixty. 1050, 1060. Sure. He was the author of De Operatione Daemonum Dialogus. Uh, I would say Diagolus, but I think you might be right. I just want you to know that I would have done it wrong. It's probably Daemonum Operation, Operatione Daemon Dialogus. Dialogus. Diogalus.
2: Dard the Dinglerus.
0: Demons are divided into six main bodies the demons of fire, the demons of air, the demons of earth, those of the waters and rivers who cause tempests and floods, the subterranean who prepare earthquakes and excite volcanic eruptions, and the shadowy ones who are somewhat like ghosts. Saint Augustine, who came before this guy, In the um, late 4th, early 5th century CE, St. Augustine considered all demons under the last category. So he thought they were shadowy, like ghosts. Hmm. So that was Michael Sellis. There was a Spanish Catholic bishop, Alphonse Despina, said in 1467 that there are ten species of demons. Dave, what are those? The fates, the poltergeists, the incubi
2: slash succubi. That's one category. Marching hordes, familiars, nightmares, demons formed from human semen, disguised demons, demons who assail the saintly, and demons who instigate witchcraft. I think incubi and succubi are just like genders of a demon.
0: Right, right. Who uh, and those and those are the ones that stimulate lust and perversion. They
1: feed off your fornicatory energy.
0: <laughs> fornicatory. Uh, they're very fornicular. Uh, the fates alter destiny, poltergeist cause mischief. Uh, these marching hordes, I've never heard of something like that before, who bring about war. So demons, right. demons of the marching hordes, they're the metal ones, I guess. The familiars assist witches, we've heard of that. And uh, nightmares disturb sleep through bad dreams, and we've we've heard of that. It would probably be like the old hag and things of that nature, maybe. Right. Then you get the old De Prestigious Daemonum. Or is it demonum? Man, I I need to brush up on my old Latin. (laughs) Yeah, I need to just brush it the first time. It's a book by demonologist Johann Weir. He's also known as Weirus. Maybe it's just Weir. Johann Weir? Yeah. Uh, First published in Basel in 1563. Weir theorized that hell was divided into kingdoms and principalities with a very hierarchical structure. According to Weir's calculations, (laughs) from what? The Infernal Regions contained an army of 7,405,926 devils and demons, organized into 1,111 divisions of 6,666 each. Of course. Do you you see what he did there?
2: One too many, Johan. Now, we're going to come back to this a whole bunch, so let's just get this out here right now. The book, The Lesser Key of Solomon, is an anonymously written grimry or spell book on demonology. Uh, it was compiled in the mid-17th century, mostly from older materials and then divided into five books. The Ars Gosha, is that right? That sounds right? I,
0: you know, I've heard it <laughs> I've heard it pronounced Gosha, Geisha, Goetia, like... I, I go with Gosha or Geisha. Yeah. I'm going to go with Gosha so that people don't think we're talking
2: about Japanese hookers. Right. High class Japanese hookers. Oh, they're
0: companions, dude. Sorry. Well, that's my cultural insensitivity. They're renting their own shuttle, <laughs> <laughs> they pay rent.
2: Uh, so, yeah, the Rs. Uh, Gosha, the Rs. Thurgia Gosha, the Rs. Palina the Ars Almandel, and the Ars Notoria. The Ars uh, Gosha, which we'll talk about more, uh, includes a list of 72 demons commanded by four kings of the cardinal directions, and the appropriate hours and rituals in which to conjure them. These were taken from the Pseudo-Monarchia Demonium, which appeared in the appendix to Johann Weyer's De Prestigious Demonium. Uh, Colin De... Yeah, so everything is kind of based on something this is kind of we we we've talked about this before where there's like somebody writes a thing down and then everyone refers back to that thing
0: <laughs> yeah you yeah know? that it happened a lot with the spiritualism and stuff of the the 19th century and yeah and going forward from there somebody it's like this is a work by somebody that has no no real sources for it but it's so old Everybody just takes it as literal and real. Yep. Yeah. It's
2: it's that thing where you, oh, the old knowledge, that's what you want.
0: Yeah. And so they, they run with it from there. So keep that in mind as we keep going through here. That's a, that's a big sticking point. Yep. So, yeah. So
2: now let's jump to the 19th century, specifically the year 1818, and uh, Colin de Plancy's book, The Dictionnaire Infernal, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's again, includes the hierarchies of demons as well as portraits of the 72 Rs Gosha demons. Awesome. Yeah. If you're at a computer, bring them up because these things are awesome. Uh, things that I enjoy Andras. He's the owl man of Cornwall and he rides around on a wolf. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah um uh, there's just a just these pictures are awesome abraxas oh yeah just you know uh they're they're awesome it's really worth just a google image search uh because the the artwork is is kind of creepy but kind of like silly too
0: yeah i don't know you know they put me in the mind of like um a british fairy tale uh children's book illustration maybe of like uh Alice in Wonderland or the Jabberwocky or something like that.
2: Yes. Yeah, there is that 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 like features are over accentuated large faces and, and things like that, but But
0: still like details
2: and Yeah, yeah, that's a really good call. I agree with that. Yeah, like the classic Alice in Wonderland illustrations. Yeah. So next in the train, uh French author and screaming lunatic, Alexis Vincent Charles Bourbiguier. Bobiguier?
0: Mm. Oh, that's pretty good, yeah.
2: I've got a better name. How about the Scourge of Demons? eh? Somehow, I doubt it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) His autobiography slash demonic treatise, the three-volume encyclopedic work, Les farfadets et tous les démons ne sont pas de l'autre monde, which translates to Leprechauns, or All Devils Are Not From Another World.
0: Pretty random. Yeah, Le- leprechauns. <laughs> yeah, which I
2: mean, that's what Google Translate says. I'm sure there's some nuance there, but like lesser demons, or you know. But yeah, that's, uh, what, that's what they went by. Uh, so he he came out with that bad boy in 1821.
0: I I'd like to take a moment to apologize for the fucking leaf blowers that are going on outside the window here. Oh, I can't hear those. I hope I hope you can't. Maybe I can scrub them out. But oh, now I can. It's leaf season. <laughs>
2: Uh, which brings us screaming headlong into the twentieth century. Uh, the, by the beginning of which, demonology was quite unfashionable, even at, even in the occult circles. It just there was demonologies out, and uh, seances and spirits of the departed are in. Um, you can thank a gigantic war with a huge death toll for that. <laughs> yep. But then uh, things start to come back around in the sixties and seventies. Ah, uh, the theme of demonic possession was revived uh, in conservative Christian circles, and of course, given uh, you know all their fears made va- manifest uh, in things like *The Exorcist* by William Blatty. Yeah. Ah, uh, you know, like it was the the rise, uh, honestly, of the horror genre really helped that, which then paved the way for you know the Satanic panic. And, uh, yeah, the, the battle between uh, demon possession and, and Christian beliefs in America and acid rock, heavy metal, ACDC, Antichrist, Devils, Children, Kiss <laughs> as knights in Satan's service. If you play, if you play that record backwards, you'll, you'll put your own head in a blender. It's a fact. It'll, <laughs> it'll unhinge you.
0: It's right. Power. We covered a, a lot of ground with this in our exorcism possession episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, like
2: I said, yeah, the two the two are definitely intertwined.
0: How about now we talk about our good good buddy, um, spokesmodel for demon fornication and all around <laughs> tease Lilith? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get us. Let's 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 just stop this train and then board the bus to Lilith Town.
0: How down down to Lilith Town? <laughs> I love that. I know one of our our listeners has been very keen to hear us talk about Lilith, Uh, so I I hope that you're still with us and (laughs) and we can appease some of that desire now. Of special significance when talking about demons is the figure of Lilith. She first appeared in a class of wind and storm demons as Lilitu in Sumer around Mm -hmm. 4000 BCE. Many scholars place the origin of the phonetic name Lilith at somewhere around seven hundred b c e little while later uh, she appears as a night demon in Jewish lore and as an owl in isaiah thirty four fourteen in the King James version of the Bible. I know you all have got that nearby <laughs> yeah, who doesn't in later folklore? Lilith is the name for Adam's first wife ho 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 who Described as the beautiful maiden in Sumerian accounts, Lilithu was said to have no milk in her breasts Gross. and was unable to bear any children. It made her the perfect Ooh, uh. <laughs> Oh, God! Oh, God, yourself. She was the handmaiden of Inanna and was a seductive prostitute sent to lead astray. Gilgamesh was said to have driven Lilith, an Anzu bird and a snake which fears no spell, from a tree that was in a sacred grove dedicated to the goddess Ishtar. Who we've talked about before. We have talked about Ishtar in our Easter episode. And then the, you know, the Epic of Gilgamesh, which I don't know, probably most kids were uh, forced to read in high school humanities class or social studies or whatever. I never did. I never got to read that. Did you not? Well. Yeah. I think we at um, at least read excerpts from it, but... You can see sort of uh, some tie-ins there with gardens and snakes and dri- getting driven out and driving out. and Oh, well, anyway, just saying, get that cork board ready. It might, <laughs> it might need some pins. In the King James Version of the Bible, getting back to that, Isaiah thirty four fourteen, if you're following along, says, "...the wild beasts of the desert shall also meet with the wild beasts of the island, and the satyr shall cry to his fellow." The screech owl shall also rest there and find for herself a place of rest. Now, in this passage, screech owl is incorrectly translated from the Hebrew Lilith. So in the original text, uh, Lilith was there, and it was kind of a list of uh, bad things or things of the night or, you know, unholy stuff, uh, if I understood that correctly. But that particular passage and screech owl... Owl uh, in general, uh, Lilith, I think, Lamassu was another translation. It got translated like 14 different ways from Sunday. Because, you know, everybody's trying their hand at, yep. at sussing out what, what was actually written first. Trying to make some sense out of it. and Yeah. So anyways, going on to the Alphabet of Sarah written between the 8th and 10th century CE, is considered to be the oldest form of the story of Lilith as Adam's first wife. Its real author is anonymous, but it is falsely attributed to the sage Bin Sirah. Uh, I believe it was. It, some some people have also put forward the idea that it was a satirical work as well. Hmm. Uh, the idea that Adam had a wife prior to Eve may have developed from an interpretation of the Book of Genesis and its dual creation accounts. And this is this is something you can look up, I believe. While Genesis two twenty two describes God's creation of Eve from Adam's rib. An earlier passage, one twenty seven, already indicates that a woman had been made. And that passage goes, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Created he them. He created heathens. Heathens. Uh so and and that's you know, if if you're a scholar, biblical scholar, and you're up to debate stuff, that is Fair Dinkum for debate, yeah. Cause doesn't it doesn't it sound like oh, well he created man in his own own image, male and female he created them, and then later it says he took the rib from Adam and made it into Eve. You know I I can see why people would argue. Well, a man and a woman was created. That's what they're saying on there. Now the alphabet of Ben places Lilith's creation after God's words in Genesis two eighteen. And that passage read as follows. After God created Adam, who was alone, he said, It is not good for man to be alone. He then created a woman for Adam from the earth, as he had created Adam himself, and called her Lilith. Adam and Lilith immediately began to fight. She said... I will not lie below. And he said, I won't lie beneath you, but
2: only on top. You are fit only to be in the bottom position, while I am to be the superior one. Lilith responded, We are equal to each other in so much as we are both created from the earth.
0: But they would not listen to one another. When Lilith saw this, she pronounced the ineffable name and flew away into the air. Adam stood in prayer before his creator. Sovereign of the universe, he said. The woman you gave me has run away. At once, the Holy One, blessed be he, sent these three angels, Sinoy, Sansinoy, and Simigloth, to bring her back, said the Holy One to Adam.
2: If she agrees to come back, what is made is good. If not... She must permit
0: 100 of her children to die every day because I like to give kids cancer. <laughs> <laughs> the angels left God and pursued Lilith, whom they overtook in the midst of the sea and the mighty waters wherein the Egyptians were destined to drown. They told her God's word, but she did not wish to return. The angels said,
1: <laughs> We shall drown you in the sea then, smart ass. <laughs>
0: Leave me, she said.
1: I
2: was created only to cause sickness to infants. (laughs) That's my job. (laughs) If the infant is male, I have dominion over him for eight days after
0: his birth, and if female, for twenty days. When the angels heard Lilith's words, they insisted she go back. But she swore to them by the name of the living and eternal God, Whenever I see you or your names or your forms in an amulet, I will have no power over that infant. She also agreed to have 100 of her children die every day. Accordingly, every day, 100 demons perish. And for the same reason, we write the angels' names on the amulets of young children. When Lilith sees their names, she remembers her oath, and the child recovers.
2: That's a stupid story. That's just, I'm just saying. Yeah,
0: well, that's just like your opinion, man.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I just to just to be clear, in case everyone knows, this is not in the Bible.
0: No, it's not even in the Apocrypha. Like,
2: no, no. This, the, I mean, I, just just to make it a hundred percent clear that, yeah, this is like fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, I old 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 fan fiction, but still fan fiction.
0: There for a while, I thought, oh, Lilith is uh, Adam's first wife, and it was just in a book of the Bible that was left out. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. I could be wrong. Please uh, uh, kindly correct me. Don't be an asshole <laughs> no. about oh, it.
2: But you could be kind of an asshole. I'll enjoy it because then I get a text from Flora. <laughs> <laughs> some dick sniffer sent me some shitty email. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, if if somebody does have the source, because I in going through this, I only saw the Binsara source, and I there there could be. There could be something out there, you know, in the the Gnostic writings or maybe the Dead Sea Scrolls, maybe the Essenes. But in the cursory glance that I took at it, this is this is the main source of the story that I found. But it is interesting. I do think it's interesting that they point out uh, male and female were created, and then later Eve was created. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's you're you're absolutely right. This is uh, this is like fanfic. So maybe uh, oh, Lilith was the name of the author, and she was a Mary Sue. She yeah, just I, I, wrote herself the, into it.
2: Kind of considered the same thing. <laughs> now the 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 concept that Lilith was Adam's first wife only really became widely known in the seventeenth century uh as a result of the lexicon talmudicum uh of yo of Johannes Buxtorf. <laughs> That's a great name. Johann Buckstorff. Buckstorff. Johann Buckstorff. Of the West Chesterdale Buckstorffs. <laughs> Buckstorf get in here. <laughs> she was eventually connected to the king of demons as Modius, creating demonic offspring and spreading chaos constantly. The myth grew to include two primary characteristics. One, Lilith as the incarnation of lust, causing men to be led astray, and two, Lilith as a child-killing witch who strangles helpless newborns. Although uh, those characteristics hardly ever p- are present in the same story. Yeah. You get you, you get one of two. You get the the seductress or the seductress.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> <I'm->
2: <laughs> Ooh. yeah! Put oh my collar! <laughs> I,
0: I literally had to spell it in my head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> On one hand, I'm uh, ashamed of that and think you should take it out. But the other hand, I'm really pleased that I came up with that that fast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I think our listeners can handle it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think okay, it's okay,
0: fair enough. Pretty clever. Uh, man. <laughs> burned it earned
2: it yeah i'd like to turn the truck around at the end of this episode let's remember this part (laughs) now uh her witch-like role adds to her connection to witchcraft and the occult uh in the zohar the spiritual guide which is uh was the underpinnings of the kabbalah uh, when adam recognizes his own sin he separates from eve and fasts for 130 years During this time, Lilith desired his beauty and came to him against his will because he had been fasting for 130 years. Dude was cut. Yep. There was no extra fat on that guy.
0: Look at those Uh, muscles. I
2: desire your beauty. uh, She bore him many demons and spirits called, quote, the plagues of humankind. Uh, There's a similar uh, figure in the mythology of, of Lamia, the queen of Libya, who Zeus slept with. Hera slayed all of Lamia's children, and her grief caused her to turn into a monster who took revenge on all mothers by stealing their children and devouring them. Lamia had quite the robust sexual appetite, matched only by her cannibalistic appetite for children. Delicious.
1: And <laughs> more children, please.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> I'm so horny. <laughs> Gross. Um, she was notorious for being a vampiric spirit and loved sucking men's blood.
0: Oh, yeah? Oh, nice. Double double time. Yeah, yeah. So in 1863, Dante Gabriel Rossetti painted a picture of Lilith and wrote the following sonnet.
2: I think that I shall never (laughs) see
0: a succubus as fair as thee. Of Adam's first wife, Lilith, it is told, the witch he loved before the gift of Eve, that, ere the snakes, her sweet tongue could deceive, and her enchanted hair was the first gold. And still she sits, young while the earth is old, and, subtly of herself contemplative, draws men to watch the bright web she can weave, till heart and body and life are in its hold. The rose and poppy are her flower, for where is he not found, O Lilith, whom shed scent, and soft shed kisses and soft sleep shall snare. Lo, as that youth's eyes burned at thine, so went thy spell through him, and left his straight neck bent, and round his heart one strangling golden hair. Wiccan... (laughs) (laughs) Wiccan occult and magical orders hold Lilith in high esteem as the first mother a goddess of witches a figure to revere for her independent strong-willed nature and equality with men her association with the moon night and sexual freedom make her a respected figure in modern occultism she is a strong independent woman of the 90s
2: don't need a man to tell her what to do
0: 90s bce
2: <laughs> oh the painting is actually pretty pretty nice yeah it's a yeah lovely painting
0: yeah it's a- its a cool little painting, so I think they renamed it at some point, but you can still find it by that dude yep, so that's a, that's a little glance and and nod towards Lilith for you hmm
2: How about we uh go on
0: to some some other route types of demons I'm guessing we can start talking about the demon hordes themselves and who controls them and how to how to get them to you <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, where they come from
2: yeah let's talk, let's start with the Sumerians who believed that there were three types of demons. Type one, disembodied, free-floating apparitions. These are human spirits who couldn't rest. Two, half-human, half-demon entities. These are your classic Alex Joneses. <laughs> three, demons that were of the same nature as the gods, which, I don't know, that's like pure-born pure, pure, pure born demons or Probably. super demons. Um, so ghosts could be considered de- de- demonic or even maybe half-breeds. Uh, some examples of Sumerian demons are the Rebisu, who were so frighteningly hideous and hairy that it was associated with nightmares. The Labatu, who are the, which is the daughter of Anu, who was the king of the gods. She had the head of a lion, the teeth of an ass, teeth in her ass, and is said <laughs> to drink the b- <laughs> and is said to drink the blood and devour the flesh and bones of her victims. Ikimu. Uh, departed spirits who wandered aimlessly over the earth could never find rest, but they are able to leave the underworld to torment the living if a body has not been properly buried or relatives have not made the proper offerings. There was another one named the Asag, which was a monstrous demon so hideous that his presence alone made fish boil alive in the rivers. That's pretty metal. Uh, that is brutal. <laughs> Uh, he was said to be accompanied into battle by an army of rock demon offspring. <laughs> yeah, we are the army of rock demon offspring. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, get your lighters out, and ladies, get those T-shirts up for Asa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: care.
2: <laughs> that went on too long, and I don't give a fuck. I'm glad it did uh let's see here he had he had an army of rock demons on account of and politely put born of his union with the mountains of themselves. oh, y'all see that cave i'm gonna <laughs> need I'm gonna need twenty minutes <laughs> uh he was vanquished by the heroic Acadian deity Naruda. Uh, using Sharur, the Enchanted Talking Mace, which we have talked about. Yep. We have legendary weapons. Yeah. Um, another uh, named demon of uh, Sumerian lore was Pazazu, king of the wind demons and bearer of storms and drought, uh, bringer of famine and locusts, and part-time certified public accountant.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's no deduction. <laughs> <laughs> We could really be saving you more here. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Have you considered a Roth IRA? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He had the body of the man and the head of a lion or dog, talons of an eagle, two pairs of wings, a scorpion's tail, and his entire chest was an adding machine. (laughs) Even though he was definitely an evil spirit, he drove and frightened away other evil spirits because nothing is more terrifying than math. Ah. so he was kind of like he, he protected humans against plagues and misfortunes because they were afraid of him. <laughs>
0: they didn't want anything to do with yeah. wherever he was. Pazuzu, yeah, you you've heard that from Futurama, huh? I don't remember that. It was the professor's pet gargoyle. Oh, <laughs> you, really? You remember that episode where he loses him, and so they like they fly all through the galaxy, like calling out like Pazuzu, and then they 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 fall in the. Um, the whirlpool of youth, or whatever it is, and they all get reverted back. And it's a good episode.
2: Sorry, Mother Licka, Just to close out the uh, Babylonian portion of our program, uh, we got a couple of, of of demons wandering the plains. Lilu, which is a male demon, uh, one of which is said to have fathered Gilgamesh. Ever heard of him? Lilitu and Ardat Lily, who would come to men in their sleep, and. I like the I, I love the writing of this and beget children from
1: them. They were night rapists.
0: Yeah, and that that Lilith That's that's the uh, where Lilith is thought to be derived from. A lot of these were to explain nocturnal emissions.
2: Gross. Why do you have to work so hard to explain
0: a wet dream? I don't, I don't know, man. Stupid rules. I call that a free ride, man. Just <laughs> <laughs> stupid rules. Yeah. So so you see, like, and this was like. Just a few, well, I mean, we named several, but it was still just a few of what was out there for uh, Sumerian demons, Babylonian demons, all kinds of just metal stuff. So, let's see, I got you you some Zoroastrian here. Bring it! Angra Menu, translated, I guess, as the hostile spirit. It's described as the leader of the demons. And the six archdemons are the instrument through which mainyu creates all the fears in the world. Those six archdemons are, respectively, Akaman of evil thought, Akemana of sensual desire, Ooh. Indar that freezes the minds of the creatures from practicing righteousness, okay. Neon Hythea of discontent, Sarva of oppression and desire, Tarvi the destroyer, and Zari, who poisons plant creation. The Devas were a class of demons in Zoroastrianism that chose to follow Angra Mainyu. Druge, which translates as liar or deceiver, is the female incarnation of wickedness, but later the idea was pluralized, and the Druge became the embodiment of the evil spirit. Huh. In later Avestan texts, the term refers to a class of female demons, and the name is also applied to later demons or even just wicked people. Uh, the vindadad is an enumeration of various manifestations of evil spirits and ways to confound them. And you can find more on that in our Possession and Exorcism episode. Number 126.
2: Yeah, yeah. I like that you had the number ready. That's, that's mastery. Mastery. Mystery.
0: So I've listed a few interesting and fun uh, demons. Uh, you, I'm, I'm, I think you've got a few up your sleeve too, don't you?
2: I've got so many, so many f-ing <laughs> demons that it, it's it's awesome. So many, like as a matter of fact, I'm even having a hard time like figuring out like where some of these came from.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of good resources for demon name lists out there. Yep, and they'll tell you what everybody does and where they fit in the hierarchy, all that good stuff. We're going we're gonna to hit some of the fun ones, I think. Actually, I'm going to jump in here and start with uh, a yeah. pretty fun one that I found. This one is called Jan Gantitan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jan Gantitan. This is one of the lesser-known demons mentioned in Colin DePlancy's Dictionnaire Infernal. DePlancy gives uh, only a brief description that Jan Gantitan is a demon from Brittany who wanders the streets of Finistere at night holding five candles in hand, one on each of his five fingers, spinning them like a flaming wheel. Jan Gantitan is cautious not to make abrupt or sudden turns lest he accidentally extinguish his flames. No. Sounds like a real nonce. Yeah. Look out. I hope that, that uh, this Colin DePlancy talks exactly like john delancey it's a, ho- it's a lot to hope for <laughs> it's a lot to hope for i hope he's i hope he's on cue with his dictionary how
2: about uh, uh <laughs> i get it i get it how about bobby Nepet is a boar <laughs> or swine demon hey i'm bobby Nipet. how you doing <laughs> i'm a boar swine demon in javanese mythology According to local myth, the creature is believed to be the manifestation of a person that was practicing Pesagayan babi, black magic. Pesegayan is derived from, Jap- from the Javanese word sugi, which means rich. It's a kind of magic that helps people become rich instantly, but in exchange, he or she must sacrifice something. In this case, they must sacrifice their humanity, allowing themselves to be transformed as a boar for a period of time. Or in some versions, that they allowed themselves to be possessed by a boar demon. The human-animal transformation is similar to shapeshifting, or the werewolf concept. So it's like you're a human, but you're rich, but you're a night piglet. <laughs> yep. And would you would you do it? Well, I mean, nobody needs to be a rich pig. Uh, no, no, because yeah, no. Well,
0: look at Mister Altruistic there.
2: Yeah, I, you don't you don't like. Being rich is not so great that 50% of your time you're going to spend rooting for truffles, which you don't even need to sell because you're already rich.
0: (laughs) You're probably right. Solved it. All right, how about the Zoavitz? This is a giant from the myths of the Shoshone Native Americans from Utah and Nevada. This tenacious giant once stole the two eggs or children from Dove. Dove managed to rescue them, but on her way back to her nest... Zoavitz stalked her. He started rapidly pursuing Dove and her children, intent on eating them all. Dove had previously asked her animal friends for help uh, and had been given some tallow meat, stomach paunch, and some feathers.
2: Paunch is so good.
0: (laughs) The birds reached a river and were trapped until Crane came and extended his leg to form a bridge. Zoovitz waded through the water and continued to chase them. The bird's then flew into a maze while her friends distracted the giant to follow the wrong route eventually Zoevits found his way out and continued to chase Dove Dove used the tallow to create a chasm but the monster found his way around that she used the stomach punch which transformed into a cliff face and when that obstacle failed she used the feathers which created a fog she then encountered badger who had built two holes <laughs> Dove and her children hid in one, while Badger persuaded Zoovitz to enter the other. While in the hole, Badger threw hot rocks down until the hole was sealed. Dove and her children were finally safe. So Zoovitz was just a Shoshone asshole. Yeah, yeah, he was. Sounds they should make
2: that into like a fun children's book. Uh, how about Yaramayahu? Yaramahi, yari, yari
1: yamahu.
2: <laughs> um, in Aboriginal cultures, the Yaramayahu was a little red man about four feet tall uh, with a, with a large head and mouth. He had no teeth and swallowed his food whole. The tips of the fingers and toes were shaped like the suckers of an octopus. Gross. These creatures lived at the tops of wild fig trees and they would capture their pay, by dropping on unsuspecting passers-by who sought shelter in the tree. When a person camped below a fig tree, the Yaramayahu might jump on top of the person and drain their blood with their hands and feet.
0: Um, Sounds like a drop bear.
2: Yeah. The victims rarely died from the initial encounter, but because the person was left weak and in a helpless state, the Yaramayahu would return later and swallow the victim. It then drank water and took a nap. When it woke up, it would regurgitate the undigested portion of its meal, which somehow this process would leave that person alive. (laughs) So imagine they'd look like uh, Will Ferrell in that woman gives birth to an adult baby sketch. No, it's hot in there. (laughs) Or like Ace Ventura. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) that's weird I thought because it ate its mouth that's it's a food hole that it would just dive
0: off the tree mouth open and just yeah <laughs> where does he where does he put it if he's only four feet tall he's got a magic mouth got
2: a magic mouth just like that guy at the truck stop uh, parking lot
0: said he did oh Jesus would you do you say outside of Traverse City <laughs> <laughs> where where'd, where'd you say he was Oklahoma I've got one here called the Furfur. And this is coming to you from the Pseudomonarchia Demonum uh, by Jonathan Weir in 1583. And Mr. Weir is quoted. Furfur is a great earl, appearing as a heart with a fiery tail. He lieth in everything, except he be brought up within a triangle. Being bidden, he taketh angelical form. He speaketh with a hoarse voice and willingly he maketh love between man and wife. He raiseth thunders and lightnings and blasts. Where he is commanded, he answereth well. Is
2: this, is this written by Gollum? <laughs> Everything has unnecessary
0: S's. Oh, it's it's in Old English. Oh, that thought, thought Smeagol wrote this. No, it's in Old English, so I'm pronouncing uh, uh, like a jackass. Oh, Okay. Where he Sorry. is commanded, he answereth well, both of secret and also divine things, and hath rule and dominion over six and twenty legions. Whoa. Six and twenty. <laughs> Way to That's bury stuff. the lead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was, uh, he, it's, it's a, a deer or an elk, uh, or heart is the old term for deer, with a, a tail of fire, and you can conjure him. Conjure that heart. And apparently will willingly make love between man and wife. I, I don't know. But he also uh, controls thunder and lightning and the wind. And he, and he can't lie when he tells about secret things and stuff you want to know. So that's a fun one to conjure. fur. I love that.
2: I've got so many names of demons. I want to hear Just, them all. I want to hear oh, them all. God. Do them all. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I did find this thing in it. I'm sure someone else will be able to come up with this. And I I don't, I feel like this is probably made up because none of the names quite match up properly. But maybe it isn't. Maybe there's something else that I I don't entirely know about. But um, when I used to work at the auction house, uh, a friend of mine and I, we found this. It's a list, uh, a list of demons and the sigils of their summoning. And it's a huge, huge thing. Like over 90 different Demons and the sigils of their summoning. And it's so much fun. Every day we would summon a demon. We would write the sigil on a dry erase board. There's Butmono, the demon of greed. Um, (laughs) Forcas, who teaches logics in the secret of plants and gems. Forcas, Yeah. Uh, Lessa Fugees, brings riches and shortens life. And some of them are like, they just have jobs. Ufir, the physician of Hell's electorate. He's just, there's uh, there is uh, one guy is the uh, Marbule is the architect of Hell's electorate. Yeah, they're just great, and one of them is um, Vabam V A B A M, who tells true of hidden treasures. Every time we couldn't find something, we would summon Vabam, and then bam Vabam, hidden treasures. Uh, so yeah, if, uh, it's you can just if you just Google sigils uh, demons and the sigils of their summoning. The boom, you'll you'll the bam, you'll find this hidden treasure. And I, I again, I couldn't find anything at locked that really like matched up to it properly. Yeah. But I did, you know. And there's the uh, Goetic demons, of which there were seventy-two, I believe. And you, those are, you can find all of those. You know, there's even even Wikipedia has lists of demons. Um, one of them there's a demon named Amy, which I think is hilarious uh that you can find i found flora just for you a couple of angel fire websites oh yeah black background colored text oh no yep these are like uh let's see here for people who have had problems in getting a demon to appear click on the link at the bottom of the page i'm where 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 is it where is it uh, yeah, uh click here oh, okay Hold on. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Psychic openness in sensing demons. I have received many personal emails and many posts have been made to the joy of Satan e-groups <laughs> concerning the summoning of demons. Um, the, the thing that I love about this is that this is the joy of Satan ministry. Uh, they really want you to, you know, summon some demons. But here's something that makes them very angry. Spirit abuse. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Many of the um, methods used for summoning demons by cruel or ignorant practitioners of magic are abusive to the demon. They are not comfortable. They do not take the demon's welfare into account. And this just has to stop. There's a a whole, yeah, whole webpage, Uh, black background, red text. Uh, This, uh, let's see, it's about uh, spirit abuse. Five dedicated priests of Satan performed energy work on each of demons by connecting our souls to theirs over a four-month period. The Goetic demons are not monsters, we found, but important and popular pagan gods, many of which are ancient Egyptian. Anyone who is foolish enough to call up a demon using the abusive methods taught in the popular Jewish written grimmeries, such as the Key of Solomon, will be in for a rude awakening. (laughs) Yeah, these they've got...
0: Don't use a grimoire if you don't know how to use it, all. <laughs> yeah,
2: because here's the problem: the books. Uh, it says here the book reads on, and after after repeated attempts using coercion, threats, and so forth, and this just never works out. But and I quote: when we go to Satan with a pure heart and total honesty, we are rewarded with knowledge and spiritual wisdom that few are ever able to receive. Yeah, that's what you got to do. You just gotta just go with open hands. So, guys, here's the thing. Treat your demons nice. (laughs) Be careful. Summon gently. Take only blood and uh,
0: leave only pentacles. I don't know. If If you're cold, they're cold. (laughs) Bring them inside (laughs) from eternal hellfire.
2: And in the summer, don't leave your demon in a car, okay? If it's hot (laughs) enough to fry an egg, it's hot enough to fry a demon. (laughs) But what I, what I really want to get to is that like there, there aren't any really good, reputable sources uh, for, of, of information about summoning demons. So we could wander around, we could wonder and never know. But ultimately, the best thing to do is to ask Yahoo Answers, how to summon a demon. Why didn't we do that before we even started? Exactly, exactly. So here's a, a great person asked, how do you summon a demon? I'm bored. best answer it is not smart to call a demon because you are bored demons are very dangerous and can cause physical harm you should practice a cult does that mean like practices and like get better at it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you need to know what you're doing one draw a protective circle two learn the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram three do not let summon entities get out of hand you are always in control. Remember that. Couple of great links, things that you need to know, uh, and then there's a whole big thing about black magic, white magic, gray magic. It's Gandalf has all of it covered. Oh man! You should always do a divination with the tarot cards to determine if your outcome will be positive or not. Um, there's a lot of things. Let's see. Let's see what else we need to know. There's a lot of people who give a bunch of uh, of advice on how to summon a demon. Then, like, now, I've never done this. <laughs> but, <laughs> but. Oh, here's a guy who's a little pissed about it. How do, how do I summon a demon? Just tell me how to and, and not try to pers- persuade me against it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this guy has asked this question before.
2: <laughs> right. He's sick and tired of the bullshit. Uh, best answer, how to summon a demon? Dude, that's like asking which number do I dial to call someone? I mean, it really depends on what kind of demon you're trying to summon. This is the answer? Yeah. What, you (laughs) think you just utter a few words and all of hell's demons will come rushing to you? Like you're their (laughs) master or something? Hell no. No pun intended. You have to be very specific about what kind of demon you want to summon. And there are so many different kinds. First, you have to know what kind of evil you want the demon for. And only then can you summon it. Are you trying to cast an evil spell, or get someone into an accident, or get someone to die, or spread disease, or get them to be a crime victim, or cause horrible luck with money? This is stuff is important, you know? <laughs> Dude! Also, if you summon a demon for an unimportant reason, like you just want to chill or hang out or ask some questions, you'll be the victim of that demon's wrath. So you better be sure your reason for summoning him is a damn good one. He claims 13 years of summoning, worshiping, following, working for, and interacting with various demons. <laughs> Every one of them named Jack Daniels. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to close with this swing. There are eight rules to summoning a demon. All right. Number one, do research on demons, uh, on the demon's name that you're. Okay. You never mind. I'm not going to even try to like running edit this. This is going to be read as written. Do research on demon's name. That's your that's your source of power. All caps. Never let the demon know your name. Like its name, it is your weakness. Research and practice drawing pentacles. One wrong ruin and there's 99% you are dead. Almost all demons hate humans. You ruin? also need...
0: Yep. <laughs> One wrong ruin. I hate it when I cast the ruins and they uh, they say something bad. How do you know if you've ruined it?
2: You also need to draw two pentacles, one for you and one for the demon. Number four, get some silver amulets and blades. They hate silver. It burns them in a cold way. They can't stand rosemary, garlic, holy water, and crucifixes.
0: Hmm. What about what about the Jewish demons? Nope. Shut up. What about
2: the Sumerians? Number five, <laughs> don't leave your pentacle. Don't ever move a toe out of it. Also, don't fall for any of its tricks. Number six, learn the summoning's desummonings. Always de-summon when done. Always, dude.
0: Always. Number, s-
2: <laughs> Number seven, the demon will try to find loopholes in your request or try to confuse you. Make sure your objectives are 100% crystal clear. Number eight, never insult the demon. Call them spirits. They prefer that. P-R-E-F-F-E-R. And finally, the most important thing at the end of this. I have never summoned one, but this was in the Bartimus series books. Fantastic books about demon magic and mystery. Worth a read. Book four may be in the past, but it's still great. Read
0: that one first. (laughs) Love that. I just did a cursory Google for Bartimus. Looks like it's a, um, a neopet. This grumpy-looking fellow can be a fierce companion if he takes a liking to you.
2: Oh, shit. Hey, I just found something else really useful on
0: Yahoo Answers. Said no one ever.
2: <laughs> right. How about this? How do you summon a demon? The best answer? The most important thing you can do is forget everything you have been taught about demons from sources that are hostile to Satanism. My own experience with various demons is that they are very proud, and being respectful is very important. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, recently. Let's see, how long ago was this posted? Because this is important. Eight years ago. So not very recently. Several high priests and high priestesses performed energy work with many different demons, including all of the demons of the Goetia. All 72 of the Goetic demons have been freed and many more. We found the true identities of most of these demons. Wait, this is just exactly what that other thing said. (laughs) Son of a bitch.
0: Love it. I think I found the I think I found what he may have been talking about. There's something called the Bartimaeus Sequence, which is a series of children's novels of alternate history, fantasy, and magic. It was written by Jonathan Stroud, consists of a trilogy published from two thousand three to two thousand five, and then a prequel in two thousand ten. Uh, the eponymous character Bartimaeus is a five thousand year old Jinn or genie, a spirit of approximately mid level power. It follows the career of a teenage magician Nathaniel and Bartimaeus, whom he has summoned and nominally controls the the alternative history of the peak of london's domination as a magical oligarchy whoa, that sounds interesting, yep and factually accurate so there you go that that's probably what he's talking about if you if you want to control a demon, consult a uh, a series of children's novels to uh, to tell you how to do that,
2: yeah, so I mean and I, I listen, I don't want to surprise you, but it just goes downhill from there.
0: one thing we didn't get to that people might be um, pooping all over their pampers is... Um,
2: <laughs> don't
0: poop your pampers, you little babies. It's talking about Solomon. You know, Solomon had a, uh, a, a reputation for being able to control demons and, and put them in their place. Djinn uh, come up a lot in Solomon sources and literature. I, I don't think we've got enough time to go over that stuff. In fact, I mean, Solomon would be a figure... That I would be willing to to give a a look at uh, for his own episode, I would I would say, or at least an extra episode, because uh, there's a lot of mystical stuff that that surrounds the legend of Solomon. And of course, you've got you know yep. stuff that's born out of that Solomon's mines, uh, temple, and stuff like that. But um, it was said uh, Solomon had a ring that could control uh, demons, and I feel like iron was a big thing that demons hated.
2: Yeah, that shows up in a lot of fantasy literature too.
0: Yeah, iron is a is a is poisonous to them. Just a quick glance at the uh pseudepigraphal work, the Testament of Solomon, they say that the ring that he uses to control demons, he used to control Beelzebub or or Beelzebul in as it's called here, and then through him he he then had all the demons at his bidding. And that that's who he used to build the Temple of Solomon. Oh. But, so, you know, they don't,
2: they, you know, demons, they don't, they, they once they unionized, nobody could afford them.
0: Uh, anyways, I think, uh, I think now is when I would like to go back to the point that I made earlier.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's make a disclaimer sandwich.
0: Um, no, it's not the disclaimer. It's the point of all these lists and these abilities and these names and what these people do. This, it's, it's coming from some dude sitting in a, a, a room or a cell and, Coming up with these things off the top of his head. Yep.
1: Top of my f***ing head, y'all.
0: I think it's it's pretty funny. Of course, people yeah. are out there that really believe in this. Are like, oh, I can't believe you're you're not taking this seriously. There's there's if if you even speak a demon's name, you invite it into your house, and you son of a bitch. You you don't want to be tampering with negative forces, and you know I'm like anybody. I don't want to mess with with any negative mojo that might be out there but until that mojo provides a, a credible source for me to until point that to mojo
2: gets rising.
0: right I'm going to keep looking at these and, and laughing at the illustrations man I don't think I would I'm in any mood to try summoning one but that's mostly because I want to keep my ram's blood handy yeah I don't want it that stuff's expensive you think that's expensive try to get fornicators bile I can't wait to be shown how <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wait till next week but it's like you were saying you couldn't even find the source of that uh that poster of the the 90 some odd demons and what they right. do
2: you know and it's just as i mean it's just as likely that's from a role-playing game or the, the f-ing fan fiction or god knows i don't know yeah probably 4chan probably 4chan
0: <laughs> yeah who knows where this stuff comes from after it's had a chance to get out in the world and take flight, you know? Yeah. Because, it, like you said, it just builds on, on itself and, and refers back to a source that has no credible source of its own and, and just keeps going. I, I didn't even... There are tons of demonologists and works about demons and demonology that uh, are out there in history. And there's just n- not enough time to satisfy a woman. <laughs> so not gonna go any more time cop than that on it yeah that's just all there is that's what that's what you get but I, I find it uh, a fascinating subject in the mythological terms yeah I agree and, and cultures and it, it's, it's hard because like I said you really get bogged down I really wanted to take a look into some eastern cultures Japan, China, uh, down into India to see because they have you know different views uh African cultures have have a lot of different views of what demons are and right you know in some cultures let's say a a Greek centaur half man half horse that would be considered a demon to some cultures
2: i true story i knew a girl who was uh fairly religious still is who claimed to be possessed by a demon because she spent a weekend and then took monday off to stay home and masturbate oh my Just- just a weekend masturbating marathon and, and claimed demon possession at the end of it.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> the demon so, of satisfaction.
2: <laughs> that's right. I've <laughs> I got a demon in me. I'll be. you find me at the Golden Corral. Go. <laughs> no.
0: Same demon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think this episode turned out better than I thought it would.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I thought this was going to be a winner, and I feel like it was a winner. Was a winner. Was a winner. Was a winner. A, was Wiz- a winner? Wiz-winner. Wiz-winner.
0: And it's just, yeah, you know, it opens up doors uh, to come back to it in the future. Yep. But that'll do it, I think, for us uh, for her demonology in a yeah, yeah. blood soaked, surrounded by a circle of protection, infernal hellfire, sigils all over it nutshell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woof. You know
2: the only thing uh that you'll probably end up summoning no matter how hard you try.
0: And don't get me wrong, completely evil. You know what it is, Flora? You, you know can't is? say the name out loud because you won't be able to control it. <laughs> right. Actually that's that's the opposite. If you know the name, you can control it. But that's right. If you if you say it out loud, you invite it into your home. method won me the Ah! Just don't let them know your name. A huge For, uh... gaping hole in the sky opens up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A, a swarming vortex of black and, and blood pours forth. You go first. Okay.
2: Uh, are you aware of the uh, the ancient grimmery that uh, not only taught you the dates in which it was on, but how to summon any characters of a late 90s young adult sitcom
0: no what is it
2: the r's moesha are you not familiar with the show moesha no man uh it was on upn yeah i I never got upn until i moved to chicago oh well too bad you missed it
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you missed that pun you go (laughs) no i it's a good pun there are pl- <laughs> there, there are plenty of people out there that that will get it, yeah. So it's gonna be my new thing when I don't get something. I'm just gonna be like, I didn't get UPN. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I like know UPN.
2: What's that great joke in the South Park movie? You ever heard of the Emancipation Proclamation? I don't listen to funk. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right, I've got a creature that is associated with the night. It seems very seductive. Whoa, I'm interested. Yep, and it and it looks like Mothman. Oh, geez. Although it it probably turns out to not be anything at all. What do you mean? It's the sandhilleth Crane. Oh, nice.
2: That is a good one. That's a good one. I've got a a demon that uh, Johan Weir described. Okay. That would um, it took the form of a uh, a deer. And would run through the forest and it had a, a a flaming tail, but it was clumsy, it fell over a lot, it seemed lost all the time, it was just kind of an idiot.
0: It okay. was called the it was called the fur derp. <laughs> <laughs> fur derp <laughs> I thought it was it was gonna be the, the children's demonic toy that was shaped like a deer and had a flaming tail, the fur furby.
2: <laughs> oh, that would be really good. That's better than mine. You win. Uh,
0: no, that, that was, was it. You did it. Oh no, <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> that wasn't my real one though. I've got, I got one more here. Uh, this, you, you, I think you'd get behind this one. This was a good old Sumerian workout dance fad. Sweet. Oh yeah, yeah. Stirred up a lot of wind and frightened all the fat off your body. Uh huh. It was ha <laughs>
2: Oh, my aunt loves it. <laughs> she's been she's been I saw a woman, true story, that was like loitering at a like a, a Target or something she was like on her way to or from, but she had like nothing but Zumba branded gear on. Oh wow. Zumba pants, Zumba shirt, Zumba sweatband. She was Zumba'd out <laughs> to the limits of zumbadom. Maximum Zumba. Zumba overload. Yeah. Zumbastic. Zumbastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I think, I think it's time now to open up the floodgates of hell.
2: Yes. Let pour forth the horde. The horde. The marching
0: horde. <laughs> of Lusobas. <Lipston. Lipston. laughs> <poggins> Starting off with the leprechaun oh back or the leprechaun <laughs> he says
2: Hot to tell you guys of course he does of course he does
0: i'm a boise listener and it oh. sounds like you may have chapped some asses out here with your dismissive attitude yeah, toward our flora. lovely town yeah flora yeah david flora all right all right i'm your friend boise My secret hope is that there are more of us here than anybody realizes, and we can create a groundswell movement to bring you guys out. I, for one, would toss down a couple of nickels to catch a show. Thanks for all the great work. Hashtag make Boise happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! Well, thank you, Leprechaun. Yeah, thanks, Leprechaun. (laughs) I think we can hashtag probably make that uh, uh, happen for real. Hashtag not impossible. Hashtag more than 10 cents. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hashtag 10 cent tickets, question mark. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Lepershon. Got one here from Anna. She writes, I'm still listening to the Mangala episode, and I want to thank you a million times for acknowledging the Roma and clarifying the word gypsy, which I absolutely still slip in use sometimes. Uh, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it means a lot to us. I've read or heard too many things about that asshole Mengele without ever having us being mentioned at all. I already loved you guys, but this touched me a lot. Well, thank you, Anna. Yeah, uh, and, thank you. and I, I pre apologize and will re apologize every time I make that mistake.
0: Thanks, Anna. Uh, we've heard from Antonio in response to how people get what they buy on the dark web. We I, I put that forward. I was like, Do they just get it at UPS or what what happens? And he says most of it is digital, you know, like card numbers and the kitty porn and all that bullshit. The hard goods, like credit card skimmers and uh, card makers and the cards themselves, even the holograms can be legally bought. The items themselves aren't illegal, it's just how you use them, he points out. I guess there are underworld versions of FedEx uh, import-export companies that'll accept deliveries for the truly paranoid. Guns aren't bought on the dark web. If there's an arms deal, all the dark web is a digital equivalent to a coffee shop where two guys who already know one another get together to hash out final details. He says, "Hitman, hitmen aren't a thing even in the mafia. There's just a guy who you give five hundred dollars, a picture, and pistol to, and for that day he's a hitman. The next day he collects debts. The day after he's at church with the wife and kids. Uh, prostitution is done much easier than dealing with the dark web. And then he says, check out uh, backpage dot com or Craigslist to notice how many." massages are being offered.
2: Yeah, you know, that makes good sense that there's you don't have to create this gigantic wonderland of sin that people invent for the purposes of movies or TV, but because at the end of the day, people got shit to do and and a lot of crime, even what we would consider sensational crime is kind of mundane when it comes down to the the, the brass tacks of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, thanks for the insights, uh, Antonio. Yeah. Thank you. I will not ask you how you know all that. <laughs>
2: Wait. I, I think exceptionally uh, uncommon sense is what I
0: think. Maybe maybe he's a cop. Are you a narc? Because you have to tell us if you are. You have to tell us. You have to tell us. Who else we got, Dave?
2: We got a great email here from Colin. Uh, met you last year at the Mensa Halloween event. Uh, yeah, we did that. Was That was on Halloween last year, right? That, that was, yeah. And I remember meeting yeah. you, Colin. Yeah, I do too. You and your dad uh, you- made the made the drive out. Uh, I don't know if you remember me. Yes, we do. But I was very impressed with you guys when I got home. I immediately listened to the podcast and I loved it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you, man. I have since listened to nearly all of your episodes. And 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 the most important thing when people say that is that you know how far behind we are in emails. So <laughs> so I'm glad we're getting to it. <laughs> um, also offers just a ton of his help because he is. Colin is super into paranormal stuff and is very active, uh, far more than I am. So high five to you, Colin. You're all killing right. it. You are in the game.
0: And you're in it early. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, thank you so much, Colin. And appreciate it. Appreciate all yeah. the uh, offering for the for the help and stuff. So, yeah, thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, Dave, this one is a bit, <laughs> a bit topical with that uh, first email. This one actually comes to us from... Wandering Gypsy.
2: Uh Uh-oh.
0: It says, uh, just finished listening to the Dark Web episode. Great job as usual. Unfortunately, had personal experience in the darkest of dark webs and I'm sorry to hear that, Wandering Gypsy. That's got to be a a tough thing to go through. But she says, thanks uh, for talking about this. It's often ignored when talking about child abuse. And Flora, I don't think your rant was a case of protesting too much. I think it was a normal reaction to knowing that many people enjoy and pay to see children tortured. Yes, good. <laughs> because that right. is pretty disgusting. Anyway, you guys you guys, and the lovely ladies of Candy Chat never failed to cheer me up when I'm down. And then she gives us a show suggestion. And may all stain stained humans be forever jack-slapped, Wandering Gypsy. <laughs>
2: Thank you. I agree. Thank you for uh, <laughs> for sharing that. I got one here from Baz. Baz writes, hi, fellas. Ah. Sup, Baz? Uh, I remember you asking what the Cockney rhyming slang for boobies was on an episode. Do you remember what episode that was? All of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I don't.
2: It's three penny bits.
0: Oh yeah. Tips.
2: Pronounced frupney or just frupneys. Wow. <laughs> As in, show us your frupneys, darling. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best phrase I'll hear all day <laughs> <laughs> hope, hope this was some help yes Baz yes it was show us your fruit knees darling <laughs> give us a look at them fruit knees eh <laughs> <laughs> gross
0: gross oh, thanks thanks thank Baz. You, Baz one more from me coming to us from MK Mediocre Whoa! in the dark web episode you went on a tangent about what you would do if you traveled back in time to the 90s I have an answer to that or at least I know what A dream MK would do. A couple months ago, I dreamed that I traveled to 1997 with the knowledge that I'd come back to 2016 at some point. I called as many government agencies to warn about 9-11 as I could, sought out early Deadpool comics to take home, and tried to steal teenage me's dog. When I woke up, (laughs) I composed a speech to give to my teenage self, but 1997 MK was as clueless, vain, and stubborn as most 16-year-olds, and I doubt she would have listened. I tried writing some uh puns slash mundane superpowers for the dark web episode, but I don't think I'm drunk enough. I try harder <laughs> drink harder. I only came up with a couple of names: a uh, clear Deb who turns invisible but only when posing for official ident- identification photos, and Dark Zeb, who can shut down any online discussion through the use of mansplaining Hitler comparisons and word salad posts. <laughs> Like I'd that. say I'd go Stupid see sense. a live show in Boise, but I don't want to. <laughs> oh. oh, this is not my words. It's MK's words. The battle has been joined. <laughs> thank you, MK Mediocre.
2: Yes, thank you. All right. Finishing up. We got one from St. Foo. I'm already in your corner. <laughs> uh, just finished listening to the Mengele episode. Uh, Joseph Mengele did actually grow a bushy mustache to change his appearance while in South America. Apparently, the stress from worrying about being abducted by the Israelis caused him to develop a nervous habit of sucking on the hairs of the mustache that overhung his upper lip, which inevitably resulted in him being treated for a hairball. Ugh. It isn't anything like justice, but it is a little comforting to think that a vein control feat like Mengele being subjected to a hairball extraction. I thought the whole time that was a setup for a pun, and then it wasn't. <laughs> it's, it's truth. Wow. Wow. Gross. Mustache hairball. <laughs> It sounds like the name of an improv team. It is. <laughs> it is now. Ah, oh, thanks, Saint Thank Fu, you Saint
0: Fu, and thanks to everyone for writing in. And uh, we are, you know, slogging through. Well, we get to your stuff, and we, as I said, read every single one of them, even yep. if we we haven't gotten to it or don't get to it on air. We appreciate everything uh, that that you send to us. We also appreciate five star reviews on iTunes. That's what we appreciate we- the most.
2: Yep. Also, well, I, I would actually probably say we appreciate Patreon the most. If I had, if, if there's a hierarchy, the king of demons is Patreon. Oh. At the left hand, the donate button. At the right end, audibletrialcom slash blurry photos. <laughs> and beneath that, a horde <laughs> of social media sites teeming with likes and stars. That's right.
0: <laughs> the Earl of iTunes controlling twenty six legions.
2: Yeah, draw draw forth not a pentacle but a credit card and summon <laughs> forth a Patreon subscription.
0: <laughs> That's the the sigil of of our summoning is a credit card. Number. That's right. Uh, Dave and I are working on getting the Paracon together for this week. Again, we're going to the Milwaukee Paracon this weekend, October fifteenth and sixteenth. We've got a vendor yep. table set up on the floor there. Um, oh, and
2: and guys
0: like. Like, it's the same way the space program just
2: rains down uh, technology and products on the working man. This Paracon is raining down merch upon us all. Yep. We have so many great things to shortly announce. Oh, man. Uh, oh. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, actually, I think we are going to well more than double the amount of things on offer.
0: Yeah, inventory is probably going to triple.
2: Yeah. Lots of stuff, lots of really cool stuff. Um, we we found some smarter ways to do things so that we can be a little more nimble and have more options for you guys. Yep. So, man, it's going to work out. It's really going to work out. It's going to work
0: out for you, dear listener. Yes. So, yeah, if, if you're going to that, uh, let us know. Hit us up when when you're there. Uh, it's going to be a busy day for us, a busy two days. Um, we're probably going to have I, – I, I think we've got – Dark Mark Soloff roped in to to help us with this one. Yep, and um, it's going to be a ton of fun. I hope
2: I hope to see you guys there. If you're in the area, please make it out there. I would. Uh, there's nothing that makes me uh, happier or, or is more fun
0: than meeting. That's you guys, right. So. Yeah, we'll we'll take pictures and sell you merch or whatever whatever you want to do. Not yeah. whatever you want to do. I mean, I just got married, but like uh, whatever whatever you uh, want to do. Already said it, haven't I? Even if you,
2: even if you want to just
0: do it to four. <laughs> you want Do you want to
2: throw a dart at him? Do it you want to draw a Sharpie picture on his forehead? That's, that's fine. Whatever you want to do, it's fine. <laughs> Flora will be getting a tattoo live.
0: Okay. All right. All right. I've, <laughs> I've got to say something or he's going to keep going. <laughs> Follow us at blurry underscore uh, photos on Twitter. Get in, get in troll yes. fights with us on there. Yes. Um, don't do not do that. That's that's just lame. I like rolling around in the mud. I, help us uh, roll on through the 14th Hildo on Facebook. Uh, you know, speaking of iTunes, we're almost up to four Hildos on that. For, for reviews, yes. which is amazing. We
2: will we will we will cross that uh that mark uh
0: the shortly the point that I was gonna make about uh the Paracon, Dave and I are preparing for that, so we are we're gonna be getting the extra sodes out I'm guessing probably next week. We're gonna try and, and yep. slam those together for you. Um so don't fret if you're a patron and and you're you're needing your extra sode. We're uh just working on it making sure that all the I's are dotted and the lowercase J's as well. And we're going to get that out. We've we've got a date for the live stream for those of you who are live streaming with us. And um, we'll send out all the rewards as soon as we can. And in the meantime, Candy Chat just released a new episode. So check that out. Uh, Rumor Flies just released their season finale, which we were guests on. Had a great time. Man, that
2: was a blast. I do not... Uh, I do not envy the amount of editing they had to do. We recorded for like three or four hours because we just had so much fun talking oh, yeah. with
0: them. Yeah, that, that was, it's it's about Alex Jones and Dr. Oz. So you can imagine how that goes. Uh, as always, thank you to the Chicago Podcast Cooperative for their wonderful support of us. And check out another teammate, I guess, I don't a podmate of the cooperative. How about the One Shot Podcast? Yeah. It's an actual play podcast that records improvisers, game designers, and other notable nerds playing RPGs. And every month brings a new game and cast of characters and a self contained adventure. So check them out. Thank you to Cards Against Humanity. Thanks to Claire for all her hard work. Yeah, we don't ever give like Claire direct high fives,
2: but she's hustling for all these podcasts. Right. So way to go, Claire. Way to go, Claire.
0: Check out uh, audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Uh, Dave, I'm, I'm up for a new book. And I think we've mentioned this. I think I'm going to get what is it? Spook by Mary Roach.
2: Yeah, her books are yeah, great. I think
0: I'm going to try that. See how it see how it goes. Yeah, you'll dig it. And that's, I believe, all the business that we have at hand. Yeah. <laughs> for this uh, infernal episode of Blurry Photober. <sighs>
2: Oh, I f***ing love that.
0: (laughs) I have been David Furfurlora. Oh, nice. And
1: I have been Dave the Thrust Stained Blade Stecho. I'm going to
0: mix a little uh, Fallen Angel Wing black into this uh, this mountain right here. Really just gives a a really shadowy uh, look to it. Just delightful. Uh, And I think if we blend it, the very, very tip of the dagger that you're using, and you can really pick out the highlights here with... A little of the rendered fat of sinners. You'd make just the, the nicest, happy little boy. Bye. Bye.